Podtron. This podcast is part of the Podtron Podcast Network. For more, visit podtron.wordpress.com and Podtron Network on Twitter and Facebook. This was rad. It's holy rad. Way rad. Fully rad. You say that was gnarly. <laughs> And we are back. This is This Was Rad Podcast, again, coming to you. Uh, this is uh, transitioning This Was Rad Podcast. We're going to get into that in a second as to how that is happening. But, of course, we start out with this is a movie podcast about two guys who review movies from their childhood. I'm Paul. I'm Greg. Moving on, what did we watch, Greg? Uh, we watched the, the 89 James Cameron special. Special effects masterpiece, The Abyss. Yes, yes. Uh, a movie I have not seen in quite a long time, actually. Uh, I think the last time I saw this, it was the, like, super extended cut on the Sci-Fi Channel. Wow, okay, yeah. So I, that that would put it, like, mid-90s. Yeah, it, 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 at least, I would say, maybe, maybe, like, late 90s, early 2000s, I think, I probably is the last time wow. I watched this. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I honestly forgot James Cameron was the mastermind behind it. I feel like this is one of his forgotten movies, kind of like True Lies. People remember the movies, but they kind of forget he was behind them. Because I feel like if you were to ask people, like, oh, name James Cameron movies, it's real easy to rattle off Terminator, Terminator 2, Titanic, Avatar. I think these kind of fall by the wayside. I agree. Uh, it's funny you mentioned True Lies because that, for a long time, was uh, my wife's and I's favorite movie to watch together. Um, only uh, eventually replaced by Mr. and Mrs. Smith as the go-to uh, shoot 'em up uh, couples movie, as it were. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't dig too deep into that. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm letting that one slide right. <laughs> hey, thank you, Greg. I, I appreciate no that. So. I'm that being the case what do you remember about this movie what, what what really set it off for you I think you mean was this film rad Paul was this film rad oh oh yes that's right we are new, going new format and I that's right. already I've already damaged our our good name was this rad Greg? <laughs> uh yeah yeah I remember seeing this movie um I mean it came out in 89 um I remember it being on HBO a lot okay and I remember watching it multiple times, and I remember absolutely loving it. Uh, I remember the adults in my life uh, talking about it. I remember the, the friends that I had liking it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I re definitely remember it being rad. The things that I remember from the film that, that stick out to me are that, that pink liquid that they breathe. Yeah, yes. I always remember uh, Michael Bean, who I love to death and, in my opinion, is not in enough films, uh, cutting himself under the table because he's got that, like, that pressurization, like, psychosis yeah, yeah, going yeah. on in his head. Yep. Uh, I remember the fight between the submersibles, and I always remember the um, the aliens parting the water for uh, for Ed Harris at the end of the film. Those are the things yeah. that always stuck out. So, Paul... Was this film rad? I yes, yeah. I remember this one being pretty big. Um, I I think I saw it like the tail end of nineteen eighty nine, maybe nineteen ninety. I think we rented this. 
Um, it, it wasn't a movie that probably grabbed me as a kid. I mean, it, it's definitely more, you know, what we would say is, is not even just language or violence, but just it's more of an adult level kind of thing. You know, like um, I yeah. put like things like um, Driving Miss Daisy and and Steel Magnolias and things like that. Things that are like really it's more for like the 35 plus uh, category of movie goer, uh, at least in my opinion. So. When I ended up watching it, it really got me into sci-fi. Um, obviously, I love sci-fi already, but this one I always felt was like really steeped in realism, where it was just fantastical enough that people were living in an un- that people were living in an underwater bunker of sorts. Um, so that kind of gave it that futuristic thing. I always think that this, th- this this movie takes place like 300 years in the future, and it doesn't. And then you have these aliens that aren't typical aliens they're just they're totally totally different uh things that stood out for me are really weird ones you know what scene always gets me is when the marines go to get the missile um okay i don't know why but it always sticks in my head when they're using the giant wrench and i was and i always just thought man that's a big wrench (laughs) (laughs) and it's like that's, that's no true. It's a very big wrench. <laughs> just a big wrench. It just wow. Do you do, that's do you think wrench. the government made the wrench that big so they were like, well, look, if an average person finds this warhead, they won't have a wrench big enough <laughs> yes. to open it up. Yes. We need to have a really big wrench. Yes. Okay. Uh, how, Smart. How big of a how big of a of a nut do you think we should have? Oh, oh, at least a hundred millimeter. What it would be sufficient, I think. Uh, What's the biggest one that's on the market? Let's double it. <laughs> right. Um, that's always a big one for me. The yeah. um, When they're going through the submarine the first time, and um, I, I know I have his name written down here at some point. When uh, What's his face? Uh, Jerry? Johnny? Something like that? I, I got almost nobody's name in this movie at all. So, so uh, yeah. one of the guys, he sees the light, and... And he's like mesmerized, and then he tries to leave, and he gets knocked unconscious. Um, I don't know why, but that claustrophobia that that when his lights go out, all that yeah. was really like surreal for me as a kid. Like that was really terrifying to me. Uh, that's I mean, a lot of the other stuff. I mean the uh, the water snake, um, the water tentacle thing, the blue liquid, like you mentioned, or, or pink liquid, uh, the as far as that goes, the rat. I mean, that's like, yeah, you know, as yeah, a kid, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of like, what the hell is he doing with that rat? Um, and you kind of feel bad for a second. Um, and that's about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I say that pretty much covers. Uh, was this rat? I think so. I think we're in agreement on that. And so I think the next thing we do is we just go ahead and dig into the abyss. Lens, I want you to stay away from that guy. I mean it. The guy is gone. Did you see his hands? What? He's got the shakes? Look, he's operating on his own. He's cut off from his chain of command. He's showing signs of pressure-induced psychosis. And he's got a nuclear weapon. So as a personal favor to me, will you try to put your tongue in neutral for a while? Okay, so my, my first note is, I hope you love radar pings. <laughs> because oh boy, <laughs> this movie starts out with a radar ping. There's radar pings every ten minutes of this movie. Uh, man, there's just I, uh, you instantly know that you're underwater. 
It's going to be an underwater movie. And this movie has a few amazing things going for it. One, they clearly shot this in a tank of some kind. All the actors are legit underwater. Yes. Uh, the sets that they have are super claustrophobic, but they're constructed in such a way that they make really good use of like a steady cam. So you have these crammed shots, the, the, these crammed spaces rather, but the camera's really following people around. It really feels like a real kind of lived in actual like rig. And yes. just with, with all the water and like the lighting they do with the water. And it, it, it's just really, really great. Um, the other thing is the sound mixing and sound editing in this movie is really solid. Um, like like any time that someone suits up and goes out into the water, all you're hearing is those regulators breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. And like it, it, it's it's used to such great effect to ratchet up tension. You know what I mean? It's yep. so it's so, so good. This movie's great. And I completely forgot that this movie starts out on a submarine that's not related to the rest of the film other than they have to get this sub once it sinks. I totally forgot about the opening of this movie. It's such a... And you almost for like... I would love to have been a moviegoer because I think what Hunt for Red October came out in like eighty. I think that came out in eighty nine because that was it. Might have come out the same year to be honest. I I would almost guarantee it because next year it came out. It came out nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. Okay. Um, because it was in the movie theater the same uh, time as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, ninety. Yeah, nineteen ninety. So nineteen ninety. So okay. If they were in the movie theater together, imagine just going in to those two theaters and going, "I think I'm in the wrong movie." (laughs) <laughs> that actually would have been pretty fun. Right? Uh, but you know what really grabs me, Greg, as a moviegoer? What is grabs you? A, a bunch of people talking jargon. I have no idea what they're saying. Oh, they love they love jargon in the, the beginning of this movie. Good the, the man. First, the first 20 minutes, it's all like depth 19 degrees, 4 or 7 degrees, up altitude. And you're like, D- can you just say go down? Like, and is I, that not I, an I option? Also, I also hope you know um, how many knots something should be moving because, man, are they really upset when things are moving faster than they should be. It's going 130 knots. Nothing can go 130 knots. Well, something can. I, I mean, something clearly is going 130 knots. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I, so so basically, basically what you've got happening in this scene is the, the setup for the whole film is that this submarine is tracking this thing. And it's moving closer to them and closer to them and closer to them. And it gets, it's moving so fast and it gets past them so quick. They get caught in the wake. Yes. And they, do they smash into something? Yeah. No, uh, they start, they, no, 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 no. It turns out when these aliens get close to you, it's like an EMP and it shuts your system off. And the sub starts diving. Yes. And it can't it can't write itself in time. And it's not it's not rated for such depth and it basically breaks open and everyone dies. But before they die, they launch this basically like this panic beacon that basically says we're we're going down, you have to come get us yeah. because we have a ton of warheads on nuclear warheads on the ship. That's that's the setup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's basically how it starts. Um I I'd like to think the the warheads are important, but I th- I'd like to believe the beacon was, if anybody's out there, if you could help us. I, I figured it was some sort of direct line to the government. 
Oh, you think you think that's what it was? Just a yeah, a, I, because I, I, the government, like, they don't want like you know some guy from you know Deadliest Catch showing up and being like, <laughs> whoa, I got the real haul today. I'm selling these babies to the Ruskies. <laughs> so, you, you know, know, like, so, so you picture it more like a Commissioner Gordon to Batman scenario than yes. Uh, rest in peace, poor Adam West. Um, oh yeah, jeez. Right. Topical that's honestly sad. that's why I thought about it is because uh, Batman had the red phone that only Commissioner Gordon could could call. Yeah. Do you, do you, I'm but I mean just because it's an unlisted number, I feel like like if Batman had like stuck with that system of the red phone just yeah. for like another fifteen years, those robocalls, that thing would have been ringing all day long. <laughs> you think so? Well, because once you pick up, it like flags that number that somebody is at home at that house. And is willing to pick up the phone. So all Batman or Robin has to do is pick that phone up once, and then it's like, uh, hello, sir, would you like to change your long-distance lines? No, and he hangs up, and that thing's ringing nonstop after that. Robin, stop picking up the phone. They're just trying to sell you siding. <laughs> Gee, Willikers, Batman, but they say it'll cut down on our heating costs. Oh, Robin. <laughs> but... <laughs> but but enough about that. So <laughs> yeah, well, c- continuing, <laughs> uh, were you also confused that when you saw a a glowing ball of light rushing toward the sub that you were like, oh, not in mood, not in the movie with a dead kid? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I I actually thought maybe it was a uh, uh, some sort of like beluga whale that was coming back for revenge. <laughs> um, but. Uh, <laughs> Sadly, that was not the case. No, it's just, just one of the. What is it? A manatee that's always getting chopped up by the by the. Oh rotors. yeah, the sea cow. The sea cow. M- mermaids right. actually is what they were first mistaken for. Um, but yes, I guess. Uh, no, instead, um, what we ought to do is transition to everybody in this movie at some point calling Mary Stewart Mastantonio a bitch. That's oh, key. Everybody, everyone. Everybody. Like, Everyone is mad at her. I think, like, I, I just picture, like, I just picture, like, her cat. Her cat's name is I'm owned by this bitch. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? But uh, basically, the sub goes down. They call in this underwater mining rig, which I guess can be dragged across the ocean floor. Like, yeah, It so it it sounds like, if, if I've got this right, it, it cuts to, like, a big ship. It's not like an aircraft carrier, but it's like a big, giant ship. Yeah. And there is a crane on that ship. The crane is connected to the underwater rig. Oh, okay. So okay. They, can, they can move it wherever they need to, which is why later in the film, when that hurricane knocks the crane, crane off yes. the boat, it starts to like pull them towards the edge of that, that big underwater cliff. Okay, so basically the the Navy or or the U.S. calls in this rig. It's the closest U.S.-occupied vessel that can reach uh, the submarine. Um, They pretty much tell them, you know, that that we we need to get everything off there because it's got a giant payload of missiles. Something, what, 50 kilotons of... of Yeah, like five times the uh, Hiroshima. Hiroshima bomb. Yeah. And so they go there, and now what? Well, more, more importantly, Paul, they're all going to get triple time. Well, I mean, I would do a lot of things for triple time. I mean, I, I, I already work with uh, X-ray devices, so frankly, I've already been irradiated. I well, suspect. yeah, yeah. Well, let's do it. Is it like a Klondike bar? Like, what would you do for triple pay? Well, I mean, what? What? Maybe we should say, what wouldn't you do for triple pay? Ooh, that's a 
Hmm. I wouldn't shave a bowl. That's actually a pretty good answer. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I've never thought of that before. Yeah. I, I, just don't get near bulls. Running of the bulls? No, thank you. No, no. Bullfighting? No. Nope, I'll pass. Yep. yep. I'll, uh, yeah. Red bull? Nah, doesn't really taste no, that great. No, I just, no. When they say take yeah. the bull by the horns, I say not today, sir. Yeah, yeah. Bull market? I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about that, thank you. I just, yeah, got nothing. Bull in a china shop. Bully. Bully from Night Court, thumbs up though. Bully, Good, great, great guy, fantastic. Uh, let's see how many more bull references can we just? Oh, how many more can we make so we can cut them out later? Uh, um, just... all of them. Let's all see. of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Bullwinkle and and Rocky. <laughs> yes. Bringing them back. Yeah. Bull. Bringing them back. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anyway, Marines and yeah, Marin. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got them all. So <laughs> they, uh, what they do is they they send a group of Marines down. Yes. And the plan is the Marines and the and the oil underwater oil rig workers will work together to go into the sub, search for survivors, and are they are they supposed to take all the nuclear weapons or just sit there and wait? I. It's not very clear um i think they're supposed to like wait they're supposed to go and check for survivors and check that the missiles are there and intact is what i got out of okay it. that's yeah that's that's i thought um, i thought the same thing yeah i i mean as far as like the the reason why they're going i don't think it matters whether you know what they're exactly supposed to do anyway at least i never got the impression that they were supposed to be grabbing them because as we'll eventually find out um, you know, the Marines have their own agenda anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, we do meet uh, Ed Harris, uh, who goes by, I think it's Bud. Everybody calls him Bud. His actual name, I think, is Virgil. But, yeah, everyone just calls him Bud. Yeah. Um, and basically, he's the commander of this underwater rig. Um, Mary Lindsay, I think her name is. Uh, Lindsay comes on board just because, because I guess she helped design the uh, the rig. And we find out that her and Bud were married. Uh, yeah. And you know what always, uh, you know what's good uh, couples therapy is a disaster movie. Um, yeah. Really bring that marriage together, make it rock solid. I'm sure after, if, if it couldn't survive two years with little to no stress other than running a rig, I'm sure the impending doom of a nuclear explosion will really just bring them together for the next 50. Don't, don't you uh, think? What, yeah, actually, um, you know, I, I forgot to give my synopsis of the film. And it's uh, an alien race parent traps a couple whose marriage <laughs> is on the rocks. <laughs> yes, I'm totally down with that. Because that, eventually that's what this movie boils down to. Yeah. Is them two getting back together because aliens and a nuclear sub have, have collided. So, um, the, this movie is long. Yeah, so yeah we're going to have to move through a, a bunch of it. You have, you, we'll, we'll kind of hit the main plot points here, but like, Everybody heads down to the sub. We meet all the characters. We meet, you know, the Marines and the oil rig workers aren't really getting along too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Maid Marion, who I'm going to refer to as <laughs> the rest of the film. Yes, yes. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Um, she says, keep an eye out for these symptoms of, like, like shaking hands like blurred vision, slurring speech, because you might get this psychosis after you get pressurized down here. It's like, it's just, it just happens to like one in 20 people. And yeah. Michael Bean's character 
it gets it. So one of the Marines is starting to kind of go crazy. Now, just agree or disagree, he didn't need psychosis to turn. Um, I mean, I it's just a convenient thing, I think, to make him more crazy, you know? I feel rather like he was than just a man on him. the edge. Yeah, but, but, I mean, think about it. I think we'd be complaining if we were just like, oh, and of course the Marine is just like, oh, I'm going to do this. It, you know, he has a real reason because he has, like, some kind of weird disease making him crazy. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I, I still think he was he was pretty pretty ready to go. I, I would agree with you. And, and one of the things that this movie pulls off that I think you and I would be complaining about in a different movie is the amount of plot points that are happening in this movie because the the first thing they need to do is they're like okay we're gonna go get the survivors if there's any and we're gonna take stock and that's it and they do that but then something else happens <laughs> and then they're like okay well now we only have to do this thing and then we're done and they do it but then something else happens <laughs> and like there's like four it's like four things you know what i mean it, it's it's this movie pulls it off well, but it, it, it is kind of ridiculous how often you're like, and the movie should be okay, we're gonna go over here now. All right, all right, movie, that's cool. I, you know what I found? Uh, what I what I found was almost like, okay, we're at, not that we were at the end, but like, I got to points where, you're right, I think there are sections of this movie that are done very well compared to other films that we've done uh, that are similar to it, but there are still parts of this where it's like, okay, we get this part of it, can we yeah. just move on a little bit? But anyway, I mean, we, we really got to get into this, the review, and we've already lost all, every listener, it's just it's just Bibbs and Shane I'm listening at this point. Okay, uh, well, so <laughs> they, go, they go to the sub... The sunken sub. Oh wait, wait, Everyone wait, wait, is wait, dead. Wait, wait. We, we can't gloss. We can't gloss over them attempt. What I believe is a scene that took forty-five takes of killing white rats. Oh, oh, Mike, Mike Patton and his rat lead singer of Faith No More, Mike Patton. <laughs> yes, and his rat. Yes, yes. I knew he recognized him. He, uh, he. I don't know who that guy is, but that, <laughs> that's who he is to me. Uh. They do this scene. Uh, what I, that talk about something that's left out? This so there's this pink liquid that is oxygenated water, essentially that that you yeah, can actually it's, breathe. Right. They never explain why it's there, why the Marines bring it, how it's supposed to be utilized in this scenario. But they really want to show you how they how it works. So he takes um, Faith No More's rat, puts it in a in a buck in a little bowl of it essentially and the rat starts to breathe and you're just sitting there going that looks really real except it can't be so they definitely killed a bunch of rats to get this scene right so i i actually looked this up and that actually was breathable liquid which really exists and they really jammed a rat in it and let it breathe the liquid and then pulled it out and let it drain out of its lungs. That's not movie magic at all. No. And in fact, this movie was, um, that scene had to be removed in a couple countries because they wouldn't allow it in the country because it was animal animal abuse. I agree. And the, yeah. the MSPCA didn't give it the no animals harm during this film because they said it was a pointless scene. Now, I do know why someone came up with this idea. It's for deep diving. When you di dive deep, the air in your lungs can actually kill you because of the pressure 
Yes, yes. If you remove all the air and you're breathing liquid, that's not an issue anymore. Okay. That's it. And it, it, it does exist. I mean, it's not used very often, but a guy did, way after this movie came out, a guy built a suit similar to the one in this and did a super deep dive kind of like in, in the abyss. So there you go. Hmm. The more you know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put we'll put that sound effect in. Hmm. There it is. Okay. So yeah, they 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 basically show that you can breathe this thing in what what I can only say is the most ham fisted foreshadowing event I've seen in quite a while. Like, oh pink liquid you can breathe. I bet that won't come into play with the rest of the movie. Oh no, um, no, no, no. Not of, of course not. Of course not. Thank God he brought enough of it, though. What if he was like, oh, I only brought enough of the rat? Well, you know what I thought? What if the rat wasn't there? Were they just going to grab Faith no more and shove his face in it and, and hope for the rest? <laughs> like, oh, I man. mean, at some point, right, they had to cross somebody's mind. Like, well, I mean, we have the liquid. We, we paid a lot to NASA to get it. We should probably use it at somebody. Uh, I, I I would love that alternate scene. <laughs> that would that would be amazing. So anyway, um, they 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 go to the sub. Um, they have these um, these submersibles that that drive around. They take a couple of them to the to the submarine, where uh, a bunch of the oil workers who are obviously very skilled at diving um, go there, and the three marines. Once again, just a, a, a slew of special terms being thrown around again. Um, it, it just it gets very like very complicated as to what they're saying. Other than they found a sub and they're going inside, um, they break open uh, the the hatch and they go inside and and they start crawling through um, all of these different compartments. And, and this this is where the 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 sound effects are really make this movie because watching people swim is not exciting. No, at all. No. And and all of this is done underwater in suits with real actors, you know, real submerged sets. And just the sound and the way that they use it, it, it builds tension in a really effective way, combined with the sort of dark lighting and cramped spaces. It's it's really, really effective. It's great. I mean, I know I, I was getting tense watching these underwater scenes. I definitely was. Yeah. Um I, I, I would agree. Uh I, I thought it got a, a, a little predictable uh, at points. Um, they find a hatch. It's tough to open. You know, it. you pop open the hatch and there's a floating body. It, 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 I think at the time it would probably would have been like uh, pretty thrilling. I will say that uh, it looks like they have real people floating there. Um, you do see like eyelids flutter and lips moving. So I think that they had real people kind of floating by, obviously with like oxygen tanks right nearby. But um, you don't you don't think James Cameron insisted on like murdering people for for this movie? Hey, listen, you know, an artistic vision you, you have to have. Um, if there, standards, you got to have standards. I think if you're willing to drown a rat on the probability that that is oxygenated liquid, I think you just kill four or five interns and and say, ah, well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know. Um, you know, they'll, they'll always be remembered. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fantastic. Fantastic film. Uh, let's see. They, uh, the Marines are searching for something. They find a safe with, I guess, uh, waterproof paper 
<laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Which makes sense. It is on a submarine. Like, it probably would be waterproof. I, I guess. I don't know. It, it, again, this is kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, we get it. But they never bring it up again. Like, that paperwork never comes up again. So it's why they specifically went for that while Ed Harris was, you know, looking for survivors. Um, in this case, I mean, they just kind of go and grab it, and that's about it. I, I, I just assumed that those were the codes for the nukes. Oh, okay, I guess. A binder, binders that's, full of codes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only thing I could think do of. You think so. they, do you think they color-coded their code book? I would hope they would. You know? And, I, and, and as we know, uh, the United States Marines, uh, they don't give a hoot about people with color blindness, so I bet there was a lot of red and green color coding there. So, um, they make it back to the ship, uh, and, yes. um, well, well, no, they make it back to the rig, the, the underwater rig that they're at. Well, what, so what, that, that, this is the scene where I was talking about, one of the guys sees... Oh, oh, he, he, he passes out. Yeah, because he sees what I end up calling, um, a, a, an alien disco ball. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like an alien, I mean, it turns out the aliens look like, uh, like, kind of like stingrays, kind jelly, of. I, I always thought jellyfish-like, jellyfish. yeah. Yeah. And, and so he sees something and he freaks out and he passes out. And, and it turns out that his re- he hit his regulator, which gave him too much oxygen. So when when he's talking about when they're like, oh, he passed out. And they're like, oh, yeah, of course he passed out. He messed up his regulator and he got too much oxygen. So so he passed out. Um, but they they get back to the um, the rig and there's a hurricane coming. Yes. So um, they're they're advised to just sit down there. We're gonna wait the storm out. When the storm comes and goes, we will pull you all up and and bring you out. Uh, yes. Uh, we see a bunch of different things. Uh, they watch TV when they're learning about the hurricane. They're watching some TV. They find out that um, uh, people are uh, know about what's going on now. Um, there's been, uh, again, kind of like what we were talking about with Red Dawn, and this is just 89, 88, I think the wall came down. Um, so we still have the Russian-Cuba thing going on. They mentioned that. Um, and eventually what happens is the SEALs are given an order that if the U.S. can't have that sub in all its nuclear arsenal, then nobody can. A very, uh, right. I'm taking my ball and going home attitude. Um, and if I can't have my ball, uh, shoot everyone on the playground. Yeah, it's a very extreme situation. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's very much. I mean, do you think do you think Marines just play like games differently than everybody else? Like baseball is very much a uh, play with a baseball and a shotgun. Yeah, I I figured that like when you're sliding in the second and someone's got the ball, you just like kneecap them with your pistol and yep. keep going. Yep, like I, it's it's all is fair. There's no there's no cheating it's just you can do anything you want yeah, i mean you hit the batter you just walk up break his neck now yep, you're the nope. pitcher right i guess yeah. that that's marines baseball marines whatever they want to do they get to do yeah um what we uh, what we do find out though is uh, the hurricane finally reaches where they are and the the main ship that's up top uh the underwater rigging that's connected to their to their tanker or their their underwater rig breaks off uh i gotta tell you uh i was laughing pretty hard at this scene because as the crane is falling down um they're all like huddled around and they're like and it's pinging and again gotta love those underwater pings and they're all like 
Oh, thank God it missed us. And then you just hear as it goes over the cliff. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you kind of deserve that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're sitting we saw just that a little, just sitting a little too easy on your laurels there. Listen, you know, <laughs> you got a break. <laughs> so, so now they're stranded. They have no communication with the topside world. The hurricane is still going, so it's not like they can get a new, you know, get like a, a sub down to them or something. They're they're totally stuck. Uh, meanwhile, Michael Bean has gone completely crazy and has decided to arm one of the nukes and send it down to this the, the edge of the cliff that they're on because uh, Maid Marion says that she's seen, when she was out there looking around, she saw one of the aliens that's, that was swimming around. Um, also, uh, there was the scene where the aliens have the water come up and, like, go around through the um, rig that they're on. It's like the, the water is kind of defying gravity and uh, you know, it mimics the faces of the crew and they're all very excited about it. The Marines see it and of course immediately freak out and um, close a door on it so it, it gets angry and kind of the water goes back into the ocean. But um, this is the point where the Marines are like, oh, okay, okay, we gotta start blowing this stuff up. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens in between, but I mean, uh, essentially that's that's what happens there. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Marines... I, I guess what I, I don't know. I, the Marines just kind of coffee there. I think is the guy is, is Michael Bean's. Yeah, character. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Bean's name's um, coffee. I mean, he just kind of likes. I mean, he goes off pretty quickly as far as like you know, just an in, in insane, an in insanity level. Um, I, I get what he, you know, that's his orders. Um, the guy who I actually found more interesting was the silent guy who just follows them around and, and, and just <laughs> right. like. Like he's a real no Marine. questioning. Like, like yep, yep. Just like he is hardcore. Like yep, yep. We're doing that. Like if Michael Bean was like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna cut off each other's foot, left foot, and we're gonna sew them on each other, um, so that they can't track our footprints in the ocean. I feel like this guy would be like, I've got the saw. Yeah. Oh no, that guy does not quest. He's like, all right, let's do it. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I, I. I we, we could mention how, like, a bunch of people died because the rig took a bunch of damage, but, I mean, it's really inconsequential um, to the movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Yeah, I mean, I, I just think... Th I mean, like, there's a lot of things, like, I found really interesting, like, uh, apparently Bud's ring is made out of anamantine. Oh, uh, yeah, where, uh, where, where a door where is shutting it, on him where and Where it holds he, a hydraulic door open. Uh, humans, uh, when the water face comes up, I kind of like how... You know, there's an alien thing in front of you, and she just like touches it, like lady. That, and then and that's then licks her finger marks. to see what it tastes like. Yeah, yeah. What what if it was just made out of pure acid? Yeah, don't don't do that. No, don't ever do that. I know we say human curiosity ah solves all problems. Eh, it also leads to a Causes lot of a lot of problems. Also leads to a lot of problems. Um, and, and then I gotta say my two favorite things is uh is faith no more there. Uh, he, he's really angry uh, at, at the way that the Marines are acting, and he just shouts out, and I, 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 this is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, dude, this is sphincter-level 9.5, and oh, I yeah. had to ask, what is sphincter-level 5 like? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, this, what is this generic scale of sphincter uh, tightness that he's using? Like, 
I mean... And I feel like his character is kind of always at, like, a seven. Right, right. He's already at a seven, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed. But, yeah, there's just a Agreed. couple things that I thought... I just... I, I wrote down some notes that I thought were pretty That's funny. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I also wrote down that, like, um, like Bean's uh, 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 coffee, his partner, is just down for literally anything this guy tells him to I'm, do. I, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. No, we have to take the whole thing. We have to take the uh, the rig over. Yeah, okay. I, I've already got that plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, need to, we need to set up a nuclear bomb to explode, and it will kill us all, too. Yep, okay, yep, sure. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're okay, the boss. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the uh, the Marines take over the sub, lock everyone in the kitchen. Yep. Conveniently, as they're locked in the kitchen, the guy who was uh, knocked out in the uh, initial uh, excursion to the sub to look for survivors uh, magically awakens, awakens right when he's supposed to to knock out the guard who's watching them. So he can free everyone. No, no, I don't think magically. I think I think this guy was taking an extra nap. I think he started. Oh, hear- he was milking it. I think yep. he, I think he heard what was going on, and he started doing the old, uh, you know, like because you have a young child. I did too at one point. You know, you're sleeping in bed, and they come walking in, and you're like, if I acknowledge them, I will definitely have to get out of bed. Oh yeah, yeah. So I you just kind of do that that sly eye open and just see if they notice you. I think he was doing that the whole time when they locked him yeah, in that's there. Fair. I like the fact that you don't see what he does on the other side of the door. He just opens yes. it. Um, I do. I, I liked that as I, well. I like that too because there's no plausible way he could have taken out two Marines, uh, even if one of them was kind of. Well, he 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 only had to take out one because the other one was was injured earlier in the movie. But oh but yeah, anyway. that's true. That's um, true. So we have a very long scene where uh, a rover fight. <laughs> not we're not even at rover fight. Oh come I mean, on. We're, we're we're just about there. I'm I'm talking about where where they're so they get out of the kitchen and then they're like, all right, let's keep going. But Michael Bean has locked another door in a way that they can't get out. So they're like, all yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to swim to another area. To which I'm like, aren't they far enough down where being without suits would just kill them? I guess I guess I not. think I, I guess they're at like just the right depth just, where it yeah be, maybe I, I never got the impression they were like. 500 feet down I always felt like they were a couple hundred feet down and, and I know yeah and, and I know divers go down that far pretty regularly um well that must be it then uh, I, I'm guessing I'm not that's uh, fair I, I mean as much as I do enjoy watching you're not, you're scuba not a, uh, you're not a podcast scuba uh, I am not enthusiast. a podcast scuba enthusiast at all fair enough um that's fair okay so so um you know basically they they get uh, Ed Harris gets to a part, gets to where Michael Bean is. He tries to sneak oh, up on him. I was so frustrated with this. And it's, I I liked the beginning of the scene where he's trying to crawl out of the water real slow. Yep. And yep. the framing and the sound work is real good where he's trying to sneak up and it's not working. And coffee's Then there's just... a fight that's kind of stupid and his buddy saves him at the end. And well, so anyway. You know what I, you know what got me with that scene though? Is he's walking up and you've got this giant metal pipe and he does not see you. Swing, swing away! Swing, yeah, right in the head, right in the, the head. He's unconscious. Then get the gun. The gun is basically yours. You've won the fight. Right. Instead, right. he like he starts to hold it in one hand and reach for the gun, and it's like, oh, buddy, what are you doing? And then underwear man has to come and save him. 
which was, I, I will say, dramatically thrilling. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was, it nice. was, good. It was a nice, nice way to do it. Um, of course, Michael Bean realizes what's happening, gets away, gets into the submersible, which yes. has the, the um, they, they call it Big Geek. It's basically an underwater robot with the, the warhead attached yes. to it. And so he gets away, and this is where everyone, um, they free everyone, and they're like, all right, let's do it. Let's get in the other submersible and try to stop Michael Bean. Ed Harris is in a wetsuit, and he decides he's going to try to go and grab the warhead. None of this works. The warhead gets away, so that's gone. That's And, and it's, it's, it, it had been set with coordinates so that it was going to f- f- go all the way down this trench. Yes. That's in front yeah. of them. Yeah. We do have a scene that I always remember, the submersible fight, where they're they're fighting each other. Yeah, this in movie went that that a scene a little too long. Oh, so very long. And, and it looks and very I, dramatic, I actually have but, uh, Oh no, I, I, I actually have written down that like uh the the slowest like chase in cinema history where the two submersibles are like slowly going after each other. Super oh yeah, slow. yeah. It was just like watching a, 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 a chase scene on chips. You know, if 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 Poncherello had both legs broken and had to crawl after, yeah, uh, uh, yet another disabled uh, uh, bad guy. It, it was so it was so slow, so slow. So we, we we do have a cool scene where they they do get the best of Michael Bean. They knock his power out, and he starts to fall down the trench, and his. Submersible, of course, isn't designed to take that much pressure, and it implodes. That's a pretty cool scene. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, unfortunately, what happened is they also damaged... So, in the scene, Ed Harris is outside in a suit. Bean's in one. Lindsay, or, or Maid Marian's in Maid another Marian. one. Um, Maid Marian's sub uh, goes down. Ed Harris gets in there. Um, the power goes out. They don't have enough time. I, I also want to point out, at one point, they say the hurricane takes out their connection to the surface, and they have 12 hours, and the number of times people just take a nap yeah. in this movie when they only have 12 hours left, uh, and they say, we won't live through the storm, is, like, just mind-boggling to me. Like, every time yeah. they finish an important scene, everyone's like, oh, man. Why don't you go take a nap? Like maybe two or three, <laughs> maybe a quick two or three power, two or three hour power nap. We'll just maybe you'll figure out a way to stop weather. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe they, they turn the oxygen so low, everyone's just super tired all the time. Oh well, that brings us to where uh, Lindsay and her sub suggest that they Walt Disney her. This scene, yeah. So basically, water is pouring into this submersible. And and they're so they're they're weighing their options. Ed Harris is the only one who has this suit on, and it's not the type of of wetsuit and regulator that you can pass from person to person. It's basically like a, it's a helmet. helmet. Yeah, you put on, and you can't you can't take it off once it's on because it has to have this airtight kind of seal thing on it. So they're like they're, they're weighing their options. There's not an, they can't stop the leak. There's not enough time to swim and get back. And she says this is the only option. Right. I'll drown. It's cold enough, I'll be hypothermic, which will slow everything down. You'll swim back to the rig, and you'll revive me. Yes. And this scene is crazy intense, because Ed Harris just sits there and watches her drown. And it's slow. It's not a fast scene, because the water is slowly rising to the point where she can't breathe anymore. 
and like she's really regretting her decision. It's it's incredibly well acted and it's great and uncomfortable to the max. It it, it is, but when you think about it like logically, like two like, like the two things that came to my mind were number 1, if she's going to drown, why don't you start going to the sub? I thought the same thing. I was like, right. take a deep breath because, and we'll see how far we can get. Because it'll buy us maybe 30 seconds. It's still something, right? Because I agree. He, because he's still, better than nothing. Because he screams no, like he didn't expect her to die. Like, buddy, you were pretty calm through that whole thing. Maybe you were thinking about that time, you know, where uh, she said you couldn't play poker with your buddies. And you were like, oh, I just want to play poker with my buddies. And, and she's drowning. And then at the end, you're like... No, I like you more than poker. Well, it's it's just a classic thing, you know. You you don't know how great something is till you can't have it anymore. You know? <laughs> I guess, I Again, guess that's what remember, it is. you know, you know, tell Willow she can eat anything in the house except one thing. That's probably the one thing she's gonna want. Uh, that, that is true. That is so. true. Uh, but they do that. They do get her all the way out, um, and they start again. It is a dramatic scene. It goes a little long. I it's, just and, and this is this is an at least for our generation this was kind of a scene that everybody knew uh this was parodied very heavily in a South Park episode Yes it was yes almost well it, if you want to call almost a shot for shot remake a parody but yeah where he he is just trying to revive her forever and then at the very end she finally comes back to life and it yeah, takes Yeah that's because forever. well that's because 1989 with no brain well, damage I'd like to say hats off to that wouldn't it have been great if she came back and she was just <laughs> at like the IQ of like a 6 year old No well and she's just like I want a nap and some apple juice <laughs> Well he that's because he picks her up and I and I lo- I just I I said Man, even 1989, we are we are closing this decade, and we are not letting go of this. We can slap women mentality because he slaps her, calls her a bitch. Man, that's par for the course. Um, but yeah, yeah. They they also rip her shirt open, and there is nudity, which I had completely forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that was almost like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess. Um, it really didn't. It wasn't titillating. <laughs> Zing. Um. But I, I did, and then after all of that, again, they take this long break, and then they they kind of, like, fade into them, and they're trying to figure out what to do next, and you're like, uh, well, you got an hour to breathe. Um, that's that's on the plate, because um, you've been taking all this time. Um, but they yeah. decide that at, no matter what, they're going to go and stop the nuclear blast from going off. Now, I, I kind of guess she really doesn't want the aliens to be bloated up. Um, but the reality is there's a hurricane up top. You don't have a way out. You have a sub full of nuclear missiles that does have to be taken care of. Why don't you just let the bomb go off and hope the aliens survive or can figure out they may not even be down there. That's the other thing. They don't even know if they're down there. And yet they're so diehard to stop this missile or this, this bomb. It doesn't make sense in the context of... You're well, not they, they, getting out anyway. They the the reason they want to stop the bomb is if the bomb goes off, it's going to kill them too. But they're dead anyway. They have no way off their rig. Yeah, but I I think I think they're just hoping that the storm could stop at any minute and <laughs> no, I, fix something. I, I don't know. Are you thinking after Ed Harris watches her Mary Marion die and bring him back to life, he's like, listen, buddy, if I can do this. <laughs> I can pretty much get us out of here. We just defeated death <laughs> itself. Is there nothing we can't do with am, teamwork? Am, am I not God? No, bud, right. you're not. No, please. 
and put your pants on for Christ's sakes, man. I don't, I don't have to take this. I'm going to go take over Alcatraz. <laughs> listen, I listen. I don't need this. Tom Hanks is waiting for me to get him home, and you will not <laughs> keep me. You will not keep me from my mission. You won't. So, uh, yeah, I mean, anyway, we, we finally have uh, the pink liquid coming back um, with a fill bud full of this goo uh, that he has to breathe. Again, I, I think it's a really cool scene. I think it is really neat. And then he starts going down further and further until he finds uh, the actual bomb. And then he has to pretty much dismantle it. And so this is this is a, a great scene. And, and one of the things that I think is so great about this scene and really shows off how well everyone acts is they say when they, they put the suit, the, the, and I always remember this as a kid, when they put him in the pink stuff. Yeah. And they lock him in and they're like, it, you're not going to like this because it's going to feel like you're drowning. And he starts to like freak out like that always hit me when I was a kid. Because I, I can imagine I'd be like if someone like put me in a tank and they're like, you have to breathe this water like I'd lose my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I, like that is oh, such yeah, like a definitely. weird no, hurdle to get over. For sure. And I, I mean, that's why it's in there is because it's... It, it, and and like I said, I mean, or you were saying, it, it's well done. I mean, Ed Harris looks like he's genuinely concerned about this stuff uh, going into him, for sure. And so what what they say is when, when they put the, the stuff in him, they give him a keypad on his arm and they say, you won't be able to talk because of the liquid. It, it won't let your larynx like vibrate so you can't talk you'll have to type so the rest of this movie you have ed harris and mary stewart uh well she's just she's not mary stewart masters santonio anymore she's, anyway mary um, you have her you have uh her reading text off a screen ed harris not able to talk at all still acting and and it, it, it's just it, it's a scene that shouldn't work as well as it does with everybody reacting with the text on the screen the, it's it it is the text appears letter by letter, which is a nice move rather than it just popping up all at once. Mm-hmm. So it's a mm-hmm. little bit like someone's talking, but not not quite as good. It, it it's just a scene that I feel in in a less competent director's hands would have really fallen apart. Uh, I agree. I I I I agree. It, I, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are like that where. I don't think if if they were filmed correctly would have came across as serious or as well as it did. Um, the movie carries a pretty good tone throughout it, and I think that brings uh, like a uh, a seriousness or or a, a realism, uh, a, a verisimilitude. As uh, there's yeah, as we, yeah. as as D and D players like to say, uh, <laughs> that I think comes across for sure. And so. Uh, he gets all the way down there. He's as deep as anyone's ever been. He uh, disarms the bomb, almost cuts the wrong wire, but he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And then he only has five minutes of oxygen left, and everyone's like, "You no, you can make it back. The, the gauge might be wrong. And he says, no, no, we all knew. We all knew I wasn't going to come back. And then the aliens show up, and uh, they save him. Ta-da! They bring him to their alien city that is in, like, the bottom of the trench, this giant alien area. Um, I said the the music to when he sees the alien city sounds eerily like uh, the Castlevania Symphony of the Night main menu selection <laughs> screen. Um, yeah. That's a, a odd cut. But yeah. No. yeah. There we go. Well, if you're so, going to copy something, copy something no one's uh, really familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Although, 
Symphony of the Night, I would imagine, copied this movie because it came out years later. But oh, still, okay. See, you know, uh, is, is, that was that was a test, Greg. I knew that. Oh, I wanted to see if you would pick up on it. Yes. You said you wanted more tests. You wanted more quizzes for our audience. <laughs> well, yeah. How else is everybody going to know how smart I am? <laughs> um, so then um, they they're able to like move the water apart in this room, so there's air. Ed Harris coughs up all the water yeah. that he's been yep. breathing. Yep. And he, uh, long story short, the alien civilization, like, rises to the top, lifts up the rig, lifts up the boat, lifts up Ed Harris, lifts up everybody. Um, they somehow don't die without being depressurized. Someone actually mentions that. Then Ed Harris sees Maid Marian, and they run up and kiss. End of movie. Yeah, yeah. Because as we said, uh, their marriage is now rock solid, and, and there's no way any, any of the... The faults or foibles that got them into the point that where they were almost divorced in the first place could possibly crop their head up again now that aliens have saved them. Well, and, and kind of like you say, do you think every time Ed Harris wants to, like, sleep in or not go to one of his wife, wife's, like, friend's weddings Ooh. and she's like, you really need to go. And he's like, remember when I went on a suicide <laughs> mission? So you and remember when I brought you back to life? Yeah, but you know uh, what? I don't think I will go to this wedding. Thank you know you. what, though? But she always has in her back pocket. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, someone called me an idiot and a bitch for not believing for believing in aliens. Now get the trash out. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. The, 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 aliens is gonna trump world saving. Yeah, I mean, there's always yeah. there's always one of those. So uh, that's that is the abyss. I will, uh, of course, uh, you, you went first uh, for is it rad, is it still rad for me. Uh, I will say I did enjoy this movie. Um, it was very good. I will call it rad because, again, I, I, I go by enjoyability. Um, if I enjoyed it, if it's something that I would want to watch again that I, I think was a good movie, I, you know, I kind of use rad as a surrogate for five stars for good for something like that. So I will definitely say it's rad. I think... I think the premise holds up. Um, it is a long movie. I think of long movies, I think this one holds the best to keeping your attention throughout it. There are definitely faults. There are definitely things throughout this movie that if it was redone, it, you know, because we love making remaking everything, I think there's things that would need to be cleaned up and fixed, but not the story. And I don't think the science to be perfectly honest, I think it's logistical stuff like the 12-hour mark that they have. Like, they're not even concerned about air. They're only concerned about the bomb. Like, your oxygen needs to be a concern. So, um, for me, uh, that's that's where I would be at. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed it. How about you, Greg? Uh, this movie was rad. This, I, I, again, just like you, I enjoyed this film. I enjoyed a lot about it. I enjoyed the the sets that they built. Anytime actors have to work in water, I imagine that just makes their job harder and like just crappier. Because I mean, I I, I can't imagine what it's like to be like, okay, I have to like remember all my lines while I'm underwater. Uh, remember where the camera is and where all my marks are. It's like, it's like, it, it just it just becomes so much more complicated, and it's really really neat. Um, that someone pulled it off. And I agree that the believability of this film is very high. And that's saying a lot because the 
story to this is insane. I mean, like, super insane. And somehow James Cameron is just able to pull it off. Uh, it, it's great. The effects, I, I think, hold up real well for something from 89. Uh, I totally agree with that. I, there, there, there are a few things that look real bad, but I mean, like, overall, it's really good. And it's well acted. It's well put together. It did win an award for um, visual effects. It won an Oscar for visual effects. I, I can believe that for sure. Um, um, it was it was nominated for cinematography, sound, and art direction, but um, all of which I, I again just like amazing. This, this, this movie is so great. I, I highly recommend if you have not seen it, do yourself a favor and watch it. Awesome, uh, and and that brings us to the end of the abyss. Uh, as always, we continue to thank our, our ever-faithful patron, Mr. Bibbs. Uh, we thank you very much for contributing to this podcast, as always, that you do. Um, if you'd like to become a patron, you can do so at thiswasrad.podbean.com. And, of course, Greg, we're on all sorts of social media. We are. Join us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Facebook, just search This Was Rad. Twitter, This Was Rad Podcast. Uh, definitely interact with us. Uh, I, I try to be as active on there as I can. Um, yeah, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely, yeah. If you have any, uh, if you have comments, suggestions, if you if you have anything for us, please uh, go ahead and let us know. And uh, just looking over our list, uh, so we are coming up on episode 100. It is in three episodes uh, after this one. Our, our third one from now is going to be our our big 100. And that's a movie that I think we, we uh, if that was not like top 10 of the movies we wanted to do when we started the, making a list of podcast movies that we want to do, uh, we'll get to that one eventually, but we're teasing it already. Uh, instead, our next movie is the, uh, the Tom Hanks uh, riveting movie, Mazes and Monsters. That's a poll. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's big. I do want to do Mazes and Monsters at some point. Because uh, that movie is like bonkers out there nuts. Oh, yeah. And, and, like, I remember story. watching that on TV and it's being blown away for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, we will be doing uh, the uh, the fortune teller of fate, uh, Big, in which Tom Hanks goes from a little boy to a big man and can control himself. So uh, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. I am Paul. I'm Greg. That's it. Thanks. Bye. This whole thing is sphincter factor of about 9.5.